Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome back to Wellness with Liz Earle. And today I am thrilled to be joined once again by Lucinda Miller, a.k.a. The Nature Doc. Lucinda, as you may have heard us before, I think it was episode seven, so way back in the early days, is a naturopath and specialising in functional medicine, which is something really fascinating. And we will be talking a little bit about that and explaining it further. And you may have heard in our last recording, we discussed why good gut health is so vitally important to both adults and children, helping to ensure their future health and development. Well, Lucinda is back again today following the launch of her new book, The Good Stuff, very properly called, uh, because you will find here everything from five veg shepherd's pie to brain-boosting pancakes. So very delicious. And you're going to share these nutritious recipes with children and busy parents in mind. And it's lovely to have you back. A warm welcome. Liz, it's wonderful to be back again. <laughs> a lot's happened, actually. I think we worked out it was, what, about 18 months since you last sat in my studios. Absolutely. Well, um, I'd sort of started writing the book, but mm. I put it on hold because I didn't have a publisher. And then last October, I had this wonderful email from Short Books saying, I love your blog. Yes, because that was the book from, on Nature Dog. Absolutely. And um, would you consider writing a book? And you thought, um, oh, well... Maybe. Maybe. So I, so I turned up the next week with, with, with the book and they loved it. Fantastic. And so it actually went very quickly after that. Yeah. So I got the first edit in at the end of um, February and then it got published three weeks ago. Wow. So very quick. And if you're listening in real time, we are in the autumn of 2018 mm -hmm. and you've gone pretty much to number one. Number one in children's food, which Fantastic. is really, really exciting. Yeah. And um, what's wonderful is, I was just saying to Lily a moment mm. ago, that um, we've it's reaching so many people. I've had messages from, from mothers all the way around the world, from really? Sri Lanka this morning, saying how much it's helping them. And, and mm. people are saying it really is a helpful, useful book because so many recipe books look beautiful, but actually when you dig deep... They're actually mm. quite hard to make the recipes, complicated ingredients, etc. And things that kids actually just won't eat. And that's the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah, well, I've got three kids and um, I've had some real disasters in the past. <laughs> None of them have made it into the book, obviously. <laughs> no, so of course I learned 
quite early on what worked mm. and what didn't work. And they're, they're very different ages as well. So I've been able to gauge from little ones all the way up. And I've got lots of little nephews and nieces who, again, mm. were very good food critics for me and to, um, you know, just give me that feedback. And then I've been sharing the recipes with quite a lot of my clients in my clinic yeah, yeah. and, again, trying to get it right. And what's so hard, it's not just the fussy eating. Um, it's also people have religious restrictions. There are mm. allergies. Mm -hmm. There are food intolerances. There is, it's, it gets very complex when it gets to food. And um, so yes. what I tried to do was to make a very nutritious recipe and then say, how can we swap this if someone happens to be gluten free or right. dairy free or egg free or nut free? And so gave the swaps. So and that's options. What, exactly. So that's what took a long time sure, and many, many different those. versions mm. in my kitchen. But I'm so thrilled I went to the lengths to do that because... As I said, it is so complicated. And mm. if people can finally find a recipe book where they can make yes. a recipe for the whole family. Yes. Um, there was this lovely, lovely friend of mine who've got three little boys and they're incredibly fussy. We did the school run for a short while and I remember how paranoid she was almost that they wouldn't eat anything I gave them because they were so, they were literally like their sort of white bread sandwiches. Mm. And they came up to me last week, these three gorgeous little boys, and say, thank you, Lucinda. <laughs> and they'd eaten seven of my recipes. All three of them had gobbled up seven of really? the recipes. That and I just is, thought that, to me, is... That's a result. Gold. Yeah, absolutely. Gold. So winding the clock back a little bit, for those who haven't tuned in to episode seven, hopefully you will do perhaps after this, you started your clinic looking at functional medicine and naturopathy after your own personal health experiences is that right yes so um when sort of during university i spent a lot of time asleep um i actually didn't get through a single lecture without sort not of not because they were boring an, no i i really wanted to enjoy my course but i had to work really hard in between to catch up every time what was sending you to sleep i think it was probably i went traveling in, in a gap year and i mm. think i picked up um, an infection in my gut and I think that damaged my gut a little bit because I've become quite gluten intolerant since mm -hmm. so I think that's probably where it started um, and um, then I, uh, really it got bad when I was working I got this lovely job in the city but it was very long hours and I hadn't really taken on board how many, how many long hours I'd be sitting mm. at this desk and I did, I slept quite a lot I had to go off to the loo twice a day to have a sleep to have a nap yeah, I know, because I couldn't get through and of course, when you're young remember there was no internet there was no one really to talk yeah. to you didn't know what was normal you just were in your own little bubble yeah, we didn't, yeah it's very interesting over. yeah very interesting point and um so um it was really only when i'd and we'd had a long weekend where we'd um been um on a course and obviously we'd had rich food and quite a lot of wine and i just got in on the tuesday morning and i was just i just you know when you just go i can't do this any longer mm. and i just burst into tears and my boss said right see the doctor the my, you know i said i really feel ill all the time and so i went to the doctor company doctor and he 
really sweet, but they said, I'm afraid your bloods say you're absolutely fine. There's oh, nothing gosh, you can really? do. But you know you're not fine. Well, I just felt I just couldn't be like that forever. No, you know it's not how right. I just felt no. I was just going to just burn out. And I was Is only, it, are these the days? Sorry, you're only how old? I was only 25 at the time. So were they talking about things like ME back then? Was that back in the day when? No, they were just fatigue, just, chronic fatigue syndrome. They sort of just said, "Get on with it." Right. And um, I had together. lots of sort of gut problems. I was in a lot of pain. And again, I saw a gastroenterologist and he said, well, that's just IBS, love, you know, just get on with it. And so I just didn't really feel I got much support. So a lovely girl on the desk said, you should go and see this naturopath. She'll help you. And I thought, well, there's nothing to be lost. Mm. You know, no one else is supporting me. So I went along and she said, I suspect something's going on in your gut. I suspect there's something maybe with dairy and gluten. So I Anyway, I just thought, I'm going to give it a go. And within 10 days of changing my diet and taking a couple of herbal pills, I felt fantastic. Really? Yeah, all that energy came back. I was bouncing out of bed. I was able to do my job. I was able to go out. And I just thought, this is what I've always wanted to do. And I'd fallen into a job that really wasn't what I'd wanted to do. I just sort of mm. ended up, you know, you just do end up in a job. And so I suddenly thought, gosh, this is really making so many connections. And... Um, as a teenager, I'd met a couple of very interesting people who had had chronic fatigue and, and had changed their diet. So I knew there was a connection. And my mum was diabetic, so she had to be very careful with her sugar and her carbohydrates. So I'd always made that connection between health and food. Mm. And so I guess it suddenly came together then. So at my follow-up, she thought I was going to be saying, oh, I want to change this, I want to change that. And I said, no, I just want to learn where to do this. Really, I want to be one of you. Exactly. What sort of herbs were you taking? I rem I don't actually remember the details, but it was one basically to to get my gut moving mm. and one to balance my blood sugars, but yeah. I can't remember exactly. And then you went off to, to, to study it all? Yeah, I did, and I just did it at the weekends, and it was really fun, and I, I just it was a really good purpose to have yes. because actually, um, you know, weekends can easily just fall away by doing a bit of work or going shopping or going to the gym or seeing friends and actually it gave me a purpose it you was really really fun so I loved it and um it took me a long time because I was doing it very part-time and I had to carry on working um I couldn't just sort of give up my job mm. I had a mortgage and so forth at that point so um I sort of kept on ticking along and actually I was just really really lucky as I was qualifying I fell pregnant with my eldest so it's been my mummy job Right. Which has been marvellous. So you've been able to work it around exactly. motherhood, working and from home and from your clinic. Exactly. There's no way I could have done my city job part-time, mm. so I'm thrilled. It yeah. just happened. It was my destiny, I guess. Well, <laughs> you are very, very good at it, and your clinic has grown and your reputation has grown because of the success of the results that you get. And it's interesting that a lot of the people come to see you as a last resort, not a first resort. So you're often dealing with really clinically quite difficult people that need a bit of extra help that hasn't been provided by conventional medicine yes i mean we see a lot of children in our clinic that's our sort of main was that a conscious decision to, to look after children having well, children I, of your own to begin with to be honest when i had little kids i actually didn't want to see children because it was <laughs> almost like, i was slightly overwhelmed it was quite yeah. nice having a cool and calm conversation just with an adult yes but it was really when i realized that our children just needed that extra bit of help when they were little. Mm -hmm. And I realised there was so little support. I really dug deep trying to find help for them. What sort of things did they have um, issues with? So my eldest was very dyspraxic. He had 
quite a lot of coordination problems. Mm -hmm. He fell over a lot. He found it very difficult to write. Even age six, it was taking him an hour to write a full sentence. And he had to bounce on the trampoline after every word he'd wrote just to be able to focus. And it was just too exhausting for him. Good heavens. And people listening to that who may be having children around them with similar issues will probably be thinking... So what's this got to do with diet? Absolutely. Well, lots of people wouldn't make that connection. However, because I guess I had my training, I knew there was a lot of links between gut health, which I talked about in the last yes, podcast. Yes, we're both passionate about gut health. And the brain. And it was very much in its infancy at that point. Sure. I mean, he's 17 now, so it was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and so I knew there was a connection, but I just um, didn't know exactly how to tackle it. And um, he'd had lots of gut problems. We'd spent a lot of time with paediatric gastroenterologists right. and um, paediatricians, and no one had really got to the bottom of it. So um, I knew something was connected there. Um, and actually it was when I went to a conference focused on children with neurological problems, mm -hmm. I went along really because I had a few clients I was looking after that I wasn't sure where to take them, and mm. I thought, well, I'm going to go along for them, but if there's anything I can glean for my boy, then that would be fantastic. And I, it was full of incredible doctors, mainly American doctors, who were helping these kids with neurological problems, and stories of children who weren't speaking and then speaking and then um, and the gut health, you know, their, their constipation or diarrhoea clearing up and then them being much happier and more settled and more focused and mm. learning better. And I just thought, gosh, if they can do it for these children, yes. what can I do for my son? So I sort of got home and the next day I went and ordered up some a stool test and a blood test and a urine test just to find out exactly what was going on and mm. we did find quite a lot of anomalies going on there were I'm not going to go into too much detail because no, sure. it's too much for this yeah. but basically um yeah we did find some issues and there was the most exciting moment we did this um we as I said we got him on probiotics mm -hmm. really the right ones for him that was what was interesting yes and um, I really realised what foods he needed and didn't need and so forth. I mean, we didn't take much out. It was more just getting more nutrition in. And um, anyway, one morning he came down to breakfast and normally he was half asleep, probably fell over three times, was slightly sort of disorganised. Mm. And he came down and he was just full of beans and sparky and just, you know, he was getting his homework ready and it was That's all just amazing. like, what's... I said, Barney, are you OK? Yeah. And he goes, Mummy, my brain's not playing hide-and-seek anymore. I Is can concentrate. Yeah. It was... Wow, so what, what had you done to change his diet? So you'd given him some probiotic Yeah, we, we, we did a sort of bit of a... He, 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 he'd been very bunged up, so we did a bit mm -hmm. of a a bowel clear and yeah. um, we put these probiotics in and he Did said you make him gluten free or dairy no, free or? no we tried bits of those when he was little and it wasn't, and it, it wasn't the no, issue because his nappies had been horrendous so we tried right. that and it hadn't really so we were sort of stuck and that's why the, these tests this mm. is why I got into the functional medicine right because I realised it honed in on exactly what he needed mm -hmm. rather than guessing yes and it made so me feel very calm because I knew I could support him in exactly what he needed 
rather than, you know, you can read so much on the internet and sure. get confused. Oh, completely. And so this yeah. just said, what does this boy need right now? So these are evidence-based tests. Yeah. So it yes, tells they you are. It, it screens blood and stools and wee and all of that. Absolutely, it does all of those. They are still seen as functional medicine tests, nutrition tests, rather than medical tests. Yes. Um, but some of them do overlap. So, for instance, an organic acid test will be run if you have neurological problems. What's an organic acid test? It's a urine test which checks for certain metabolites that come out in the urine. And what does it And they can, can indicate whether you have um, bacterial overgrowth, yeast overgrowth, mm. malabsorption, mitochondrial problems, vitamin deficiencies amino acid deficiencies, oxidative stress. So it's really thorough, but it's not normally used in the straightforward kids, no. if you see what I mean. So it's okay. normally used in very intense neurological problems. Right. And so we've just, we, we basically are looking for greyer areas, I guess, than the extreme, mm -hmm. um, which the medics are looking for. And anyway... So you can, we can run alongside conventional medicine. You can see a functional medicine practitioner... And to get back up, if you like, for what what we might be tre being treated by a conventional GP or specialist. So what has been really exciting for my practice and um, is that in the last three or four years, um, the tides have changed and we now have amazing doctors on board. So I work very closely with a psychiatrist um, who's very into integrated medicine and, of course, will provide will prescribe medication mm -hmm. if needed, yeah. but he will always dig as deep as possible to look at thyroid and vitamin D and iron levels and so forth as well. So we work very closely together. And more recently, um, there's a lovely paediatrician who runs um, an organisation called the Children's E-Hospital, which provides private paediatric support both from a for GP, paediatricians, psychiatrists, psychologists, and so forth. Um, so anyone can tap into their resource. And what's an e-hospital? It's online. It's you can do Skype consultations. Clever. Um, um, you can visit them as well. Mm. Um, and anyway, so we're work I'm on their steering committee now, mm -hmm. and um, we we do lots of cross referrals. So I think what's great um, is that we've got all these people coming together. I mean. One of my team was at the functional medicine training course over the weekend. It's a five-day course they do every two years. There were 300 people there, and they, she thought there were probably two-thirds were medical doctors. How interesting. So it's all really exciting, and people are realising that lifestyle medicine is so important on all levels, whether yes. it's children, adults, whether it's looking at weight, whether it's looking at thyroid, whether mm -hmm. it's looking at mood disorders mm. that a lot of these can be helped because in the NHS they are doing their absolute utmost but they are stuck because yeah. they're dealing with lifestyle medicines things like you know, problems like obesity and diabetes and so forth they're stuck and there's very little funding and so we do need to seek out things that are going to be helping and just we focus in on getting the kids sleeping we get yes. Yeah, even basic, those basic things, if feeding, you can have a good night's sleeping, sleep. Mm. Exactly, feeding, sleeping, pooing, you know, really yeah. basic functions. 
Um, and so often when those are working better, we find that they are better behaved, they are concentrating better, they have a better mood, they're nicer to their siblings, mm, whatever it might be. Sure. And actually, it's all about family harmony, because if they're happy, then their parents are happy because yes. you're a mum. You're only as ever happy as your unhappiest child. That's, that's so true. Which is the saying which lots of people um, have as their sort of mantra. Mm. And of course, if we can have happy kids, then we have happy families. And then yeah. mums can go back to work. They can bring in more money. It really, it, the whole thing yeah, the whole works. Thing. And I mm. think those family dynamics, to me, are key. And also in terms of a child's self-esteem and building friendship groups, not being seen as the outsider or the bully or the troubled child. It's all so important, isn't it, in these relationships as they grow up with each other, with their peer group? Absolutely. I see that with my youngest son, who's currently eight. Yes. And it's just so important that, you know, he establishes himself in his own right as to who he is and he behaves well with other kids of his age so that he's liked and, and has strong friends and gets on and is happy and confident and has good self esteem. Absolutely. But what I know, because I know you reasonably well is that um you feed your children incredibly well and what's been i try to it's, it's difficult when they go to school oh yes we know that one we'd love <laughs> to do there are yeah. many i don't i hope the headmaster isn't listening because there are various <laughs> email conversations that go on i have to tell you behind the scenes <laughs> we've had a marvelous breakthrough so we had some problems with my children's school mm. and the food and we just um unfortunately they ended up hiring a chef that wasn't experienced in feeding children um, right that does happen a lot he had many many fr freezers full of processed food that he would you know yeah. just heat up yeah and it all comes off site a lot of it's made in catering kitchens you know and it's just sent into the primary schools um, if you're lucky to have a school dinner at all. I mean, sometimes it's just packed lunch. Exactly. But what's really exciting is that the school, we just very subtly, um, you know, just sent messages um, to to the heads. And um, very slowly they realised that... I mean, I think they acknowledged there was a problem. It's just trying to get out of that problem. Sure. It's very hard. And when you're in a big system, it's, it's exactly. quite hard when it's centrally controlled. Um, and, in fact, there'd been a... A, you know, very nasty sort of flu type bug as well that went around. So it, I was just a bit worried because, you know, a lot of children were getting quite ill. Yeah, you want anyway, to boost their immunity. Exactly. But what was, what was great, we got a new chef um, at the beginning of the year and he does 90% cook from scratch food. That's fantastic, everything, isn't you know, it? The burgers, everything. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I was with the Soil Association um, this week talking about their Food for Life programs yes. in schools, which I think is rolled out to a thousand schools now around the country, and they do their gold, silver, bronze level. And it's just extraordinary how you can cook from scratch and you can sort of shop locally and make savings because obviously everybody's on a budget um, and it can be done it can be done i know of schools in london that can do it for three pounds a day mm. an organic lunch wow which is pretty amazing for, is for london but yes it's been it's transformed the school mm. and honestly everyone is the staff are happier the mm-hmm. children are happier mm. we didn't and we had the longest winter <laughs> ever yes and we didn't have a nasty school virus you know really normally there's something, yeah, something isn't that there? goes and, around and we didn't have it and i do feel that that was a big mm. big break to the so we we've won yeah <laughs> and, and you're continuing amazing. to win because that your book now the good stuff is very much about bringing that message right into the heart of the home and what i loved about it when i when i got it is the fact that you start off with basic principles so it really talks about the building blocks of good nutrition why things like excess sugar is so difficult for small children, the the role of additives and colourings and coltar dyes and all sorts of things mm. that, that we need to look out for. And just that step-by-step guide of what kids need at different ages and stages, I thought was very clearly, you know, you, you don't patronise, you don't talk down to anybody. It's It's kind of like a trusted friend who's kind of alongside you in the kitchen, <laughs> nudging you saying, actually, do you know what, you know, this is going to be really important. So why don't you do a bit of this? What was really exciting was I was really wanted to make sure that everything I said was backed up by science mm-hmm. because it's very easy when you're in the midst of clinic appointments to see the individual situation. But I just wanted to really see was this something mm. that was sort of almost sort of, you know, there in stone as such. Yeah. And um, you were going back to your son and about self-esteem and so forth. And what was really exciting was finding this research that was saying that children that ate more fruits and vegetables and whole foods were the ones that were more creative. Interesting. They had greater self-esteem. Uh, they were less likely to be bullied or to be bullies. 
And so exactly what you were saying yeah. earlier, that actually so many people have always felt with food, it's to do with weight and growth. Yes, that's and, what we focus on, isn't it? And possibly teeth or right. shiny eyes. Yeah. But actually to see this sort of information was mm. just fantastic. Mm -hmm. There's one paper called On Carrots and Curiosity. And basically <laughs> it was all about eating more vegetables, made children more curious. Yeah. But also in young young adults as well. So, um, you know, the teenagers again. Yeah, with uh, all the self-esteem and anxiety issues absolutely. that are circulating. What was fascinating, I'm very, very keen on the whole inflammation story. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so to the listeners, if your body is inflamed, there's been a massive link between that inflammation and mental health, which um, has been bubbling away in research for a long time, but it came out in a new book this year by the head of psychiatry at Cambridge University called Edward Bullmore. It's called The Inflamed Mind. And he basically saw the link between infections, lifestyle, uh, etc., and this um, sort of hidden inflammation in the body so it wasn't like you were in pain so much but that that could bubble away and eventually trigger these these mental health problems and that there was no um I, I think originally all doctors believed there was a sort of split between your body and your brain and there was this yes. Berlin wall right that sort of it's called your blood brain barrier and that yes. basically nothing went you know nothing really affected the other but now they've realized that they do um, and um, anyway, from the children's perspective, my sort of, again, key paper that I sort of draw on was called the Avon study. Four and a half thousand children, perfectly happy, healthy and well children, all had a blood test aged nine. And then they were then called in age 17, 18 to have um, sort of a questionnaire. Mm -hmm. And those that had raised cytokines, IL-6, which is an inflammatory marker, age nine, were the ones that had the mental health problems as a teenager. Gosh, how fascinating. So you could predict at age nine. Absolutely. And what can you do to cool that inflammation? Sure. Cook from scratch, eat your fruits and veggies, drink lots of water. Is it really as simple as that? Simple, simple, simple steps. One of the big things that can trigger inf in, in inflammation are infections, and it can be an adverse reaction to infection. So some people get, most people get chicken pox in the same way, mm -hmm. but occasionally it can trigger a neurological problem. So it's things like that. So occasionally it can go awry. Yes. But generally, when you look at all the papers, what keeps inflammation down? And it's, yeah, as I said, it's drinking lots of water, the fruits and vegetables, the whole foods, cooking from scratch. So processed, ultra processed foods. So foods that have been made in a factory mm. that's been altered quite a lot for yes. its shelf life and so forth can be very pro-inflammatory. There was a article not for children, but it was on those um, tomato sauces that we get from you know, mm. pasta sauces yeah. showing that they were quite pro-inflammatory and one of the links to breast cancer. Now, I don't know whether, how true that was, but it was just showing that inflammation... From ultra-processed foods. ...can link mm. to so many of our modern diseases. Mm -hmm. So 
um, inflammation's been linked to asthma and eczema. Yes. Through to um, diabetes, through to autoimmune diseases, mm. through to cancer. So you've got a huge range. I certainly range. think that the, 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 the idea of, of trying to cook as much from scratch as you can and to limit the number of packets or packet food, processed foods. Because when you look at, I mean, for instance... Um, you know, I'm not anti-sugar. I think we shouldn't have too much. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we've had sugar in our diets for centuries. Mm. Um, in the 18th century, a lot of the farm workers literally lived off bread and tea with six teaspoons of sugar in it. Yeah, but they didn't live very long, Lucinda. They, they didn't live for very long, but they did, they, you know, they, it wasn't perfect, but it has been around for a long time. It has, I guess, and honey and things. That yeah, so it has, it, I'm just saying, sugar is not... Hunter eating sweet berries and honey and things. Yeah, it's just sugar's not been a new thing. No, Whereas no. the processing has yeah, been the processing, a new thing. Absolutely. That's really what I was trying yes, to say. and the new was, additives. And yeah. actually, there's, I'm sure you, you will know, and I'll just throw this out here to anybody listening who wants to follow up on that. There's the great book called Swallow This by Joanna Blythman where she looks, she digs really deep into what's really in processed foods and the things that they seriously don't tell you and they can get away with weasel wording. And it's just extraordinary the amount of synthetic junk that can go into a processed food and you simply wouldn't know that from reading, reading the label. Absolutely. I mean, um, a year or so ago I was just making a frozen yoghurt and I literally used Greek yoghurt, honey, vanilla and some berries mm. um, and the kids loved it. But um, whilst I was writing it up on my recipe blog, I thought I'd just quickly go online and just see how, other, you know, how the supermarkets yeah, make frozen yoghurt. And some of them had 22 or 23 ingredients. And I thought, why? What is this stuff? No, what is in there? Yeah. And I think that's where our food has become so complex. Yes. So it's just trying to... I mean, they're saying that over 50% of our shopping trolleys are now filled with ultra-processed food. And so it's a, it's where it's shifted because, mm. yes, there were tinned foods in the 70s, the 60s even. But they weren't ultra-processed. I no. think that's the new focus, isn't it? Mm. I think we're going to be hearing more about this in conversation, ultra-processed foods. It's like crisps were quite simple. I mean, yes. You yeah, know. you chop up a potato and you deep-fry it. Mm. I mean, that's you're going to get a crinoid and you're going to get a bit of you know, potential toxic residue, but it's not going to be coated in 45 different additives and... I mean, how do they make a Pringle, for heaven's sake? It must be sort of... It's not even a fried thing, is it? It's a squashed, pressed... I was given some the other day, at, and I couldn't resist them because they got that lovely crunch. Yeah, and they are I, I very I put them crunchy. in my mouth, and I thought, oh, my goodness. Have you ever set fire to a Pringle? No. That's quite an interesting what experiment to boys' own. Well, it just <laughs> goes up like a firework. Really? Mm, don't try this at home, my lovely listeners. No. Or maybe do try it, but, you know, have a fire blanket handy. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, I just think it's it's keeping things as simple as possible, and you can't do it 100%. Sure. Know? And that's why some of these foods are there, because they're easy to grab, and occasionally you you are out. And but it is about balance, yes, isn't it? And, and it trying is. to have yeah. healthy things around without being paranoid and without, you know, building up a fear of food, which is the last thing that we want. Mm, absolutely. And I just think you know, it, it's leading by example, and that's what's so important. And right. I often work with the parents saying, look, if you're, if you, if you're, you're eating a biscuit whilst your children are trying to right. have their supper, that's <laughs> yeah. not going to work. Yeah. Sit down with them. And even if you're not eating... Have a cup of herbal tea or whatever and sit with them and chat to them. Mm. 
Mm. And um, try and do as much as you can as a family. It is hard to get everyone to sit down together. Yeah, but sitting table. around a table is, is such a great thing on so many levels. It, uh, yeah. So tell me about some of the, the best recipes. I and mean, I talked there about the five veg shepherd's pie. You, you're getting all your extra veggies. Is that quite a sneaky way of boosting the veg? Yes, I think, I mean, it's very simple. Can you just puree them and add pureed vegetables to all sorts of everything? So what I've got in the front of the book, which masses of people found incredibly helpful, Mm. is that I've put together some purees that you can make a bit like baby puree Mm -hmm. that you um, can freeze in very, very small batches. So even Like an ice cube container. Exactly. Um, and there's a white one for the super fussy kids so that you really wouldn't see that in any of your recipes. And you, what you do is it add it to a muffin recipe or to a pancake recipe. Wow, so what would waffles. be in your white super cube? Um, so there's cauliflower and celeric. Really? And, and you could yeah. add that into a pancake yes. recipe? And there's That's so, so little. Clever. There's so little. But and there's enough for your microbes and all the other things that you need in the body to go, yep, thank you very much, we'll have this. Because I think that if you don't make alter something too much, mm-hmm. then the kids will eat it. Yeah. And then you, the next time you can put two ice cubes in and you yeah. just keep on building it up. Do you know, you're so, you're so right. I'm trying to get my kids away from sugary cereals in the morning. So I've, I've, now when I do breakfast, it's different if their dad's doing it. But if, you know, <laughs> if I'm doing breakfast, then they get a shake. And I, it's, it, you know, I call it the chocolate and banana shake. Yes. But actually it has lots of different powders in there. Mm. And I've even put a spoonful of this green powder. Oh, I've got yes. This, I've bought online it's a company called amazing greens yes i've come across and them they're very good they are very good and you know if you were just to make a green smoothie they go oh yuck you know i'm just not drinking that and i have to agree with them actually it's not the best tasting thing mm. but i put a spoonful of dark unsweetened cocoa in the mixture mm. and i just use milk i shove a bit of plain live yogurt or a bit of kefir in and again they don't notice it mm. put the spoonful of greens in the dark chocolate cocoa powder makes it taste very chocolatey Absolutely. And the banana gives it a bit of natural sweetness. And then I have a protein powder that I put in and then lots of milk. Or, you know, if you're dairy intolerant or lactose intolerant, you could obviously use a... Almond a, or know, coconut exactly, or Exactly, or yeah. water or anything, mm. frankly. Um, and they just drink it. And I yesterday, in fact, I, I gave it to my youngest before school and I put slightly more of the green powder in than <laughs> I do normally, just to kind of just tip the edge of it, see if he'd notice. So I gave it to him and I said, oh, you know, how is it? And he went, yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. You know, carried on reading his bean or whatever. And I showed him the tin and I actually said, actually, I, I just so that you know, I put some of this green powder in. Mm. And he looked at it and he said, what? And then he went back and took another sip and he kind of shrugged his shoulders and went, oh, that's OK. Brilliant. And, and Good I on thought, well, that's a real result. But I wanted to start off by stealth but then actually continue the education so that he's not frightened of the fact that I put a green powder into something. And I think it was you who told me that when you make your spag bowl recipe... Again, you're putting in, you know, a spoonful of spirulina or just something that can. I boost don't put it. that in so much, but I've I try and get in as many veggies as possible. Yeah. Um, and actually, I made a chili two nights ago. My youngest isn't very keen on sweet potato, mm-hmm. but I grated in so a uh, half a sweet potato, and actually, it made it taste really good. So that's going to be for book two, I think. That Fantastic. one. Fantastic. Um, and I and th- easy to do. So you know, you take a normal recipe and just grate a bit of something else into it. Exactly. So I mean, for for, for breakfast, because I'm so passionate about getting breakfast right. I think if you yeah. get breakfast right, the rest of the day works for you. Yeah. And if you start off with something too sugary, then you get a dip within an Completely. hour or so, and then you end up 
having biscuits and then it all goes wrong so yeah. so breakfast to me uh, is so key and so for instance I've got waffles with grated carrot and poppy seeds in sounds delicious um, and then there are some blueberry and banana can you make muffins. them like before because there's no way that I'd have I mean maybe at the weekend I guess for a brunch but there's no way on a school day that I'd be able to do that none of us have time to do them <laughs> on a school day so again yes you do it the night before or you do them at the weekend and you freeze them and then you just yeah. pop them in the toaster yeah. So it's easy. Like those absolutely dreadful Pop-Tarts. Yes, exactly. Do they still exist? I think they do. Somebody will probably yeah. write in and tell me. But this is your version of a Pop-Tart. Sort of, yes. <laughs> and then, um, again, uh, my blueberry and banana muffins have a mm. whole courgette in them. Really? And sunflower seeds. So you've got so many different things in there. And again, they make a batch of, what, 15 or 16. Now, you're That's only going to last you a few weeks. Exactly. So you put yeah. them in a plastic bag in the freezer. Yep. And they defrost really quickly. So you can either pop them out the night before. Yeah, or take it out in the morning. Exactly. And, I mean, they even, I mean, sometimes we're so late that my kids are eating breakfast in the car. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, and again, they're quite good for school pickup as well. Mm -hmm. So again, I might just... I have a bit of a school run, so basically I'll go and grab them out of the freezer yeah. and by the time I get to school, they've defrosted. I mean, most of these things defrost really, really quickly. Yeah. So you don't need and to be And of course, that not just for kids either, actually, to be able to take on your commute or to pack in your lunch bag or whatever. I agree, I agree, because actually, um, you know, it's nice. I, I get really hungry mm. around sort of kids' tea time. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're now a bit older, so we generally eat together. Yeah. But when they were little, I remember being absolutely on my knees at half past four, five o'clock. I don't mm. know about you when they were really tiny. Yeah, it's, it's a long day. Mm, <laughs> it really is. And there is that blood sugar dip time when everyone's a bit frazzled. Sure. So this is, you know, anyway, so I've tried to make everything as really accessible as possible. Yeah. What about sweet treats? Sweet treats. How do you cope with that? Well, again, as I said, I think... Um, Kids just love sugary things. They mm. love sweet things. But I, you look at the amount of sugar that they put yeah. in some of the brownies in the supermarket, especially the so-called healthy ones, the gluten-free ones or whatever. Well, to they, make it taste of anything, it's all packed out with sugars. Exactly. And so, again, my, I, I'm very into my hiding courgette and lots of things. So right. The courgette brownies <laughs> are go down a storm. They're really popular. Um, and, um, and, you know, little things like little cupcakes, which literally just have oats and dates and a few ground almonds in, as the base. Mm -hmm. And then you just put a little bit of organic chocolate on top and a berry. And so you've just yeah. got that s sweetness, because I think that if you totally take the sweetness away, you will get rebellion. Yeah. And I mean, I think a mutiny in the kitchen is the last thing anyone no, wants. No, it's not great. And I, I love the idea of kind of batch cooking when you've got a spare moment and actually doing stuff at the weekend. My kids actually love being in the kitchen mm. and, and helping and being creative and then keeping things in a in a tin or in the freezer for later. Exactly. And um, yeah, so I mean, it just much cheaper too. Frankly, it is buying processed stuff. And then there's really simple ones like you literally cut a banana in half mm -hmm. horizontally and then just put some peanut butter on top and a few berries and, and that is it. an instant snack and that's been so popular with many many families yeah, it's like a kind of healthy banoffee pie type yeah. thing yeah and you know it's great and actually i find it because a lot of kids are, are a bit flaked before they do their homework mm -hmm. and it just gives them a bit of a just a boost without yeah. that sugar high yeah a lift because did you ever have kids that um, used to go completely hyper just before bed? Oh yeah, have a, like a last spurt. Exactly, yes. exactly. Yeah. And Run I around think, the house. Exactly, the but I think that if if they do have something very sugary, you know, because yeah. so often straight after school they're given a packet of biscuits. 
Yeah, or just maybe something in the car and, uh, to eat on the way home. And, and if you get mm. something that's got slow-release carbs, then you won't get that sugar spike just before they go into bed, and they yeah. will. Because so many kids can't get to sleep these days. Yeah, well, and then they're all on screens, whether it's TV mm. or their own tablets or phones or whatever. How do you try and cope with the kind of psychological issues surrounding food and children? Do you have really fussy eaters that need attending to how they can change their relationship with food? Yes, so in our clinic, we generally see the parents and the kids that have done most of that already. Right. They've done the, OK, let's see if we can get them hungrier, right. do more exercise, okay. yeah. um, or you know, less snacks, or mm-hmm. all of that. And generally, and this might just be my little world, but um, or my bubble as such, mm. but what I find is the majority of them, there is a reason... Right. They were had reflux as a baby, but they've st- you know the reflux has never quite gone away, so they do feel a bit sicky in their tummy, or they have a lot of sore tummies. And actually, when you investigate, you find actually the reason why they're fussy is because whatever the parents are trying to feed them doesn't fit right in their tummy. Right. I would say that if you've had a gastroenteritis um, and you're just recovering from that, you know, within the next few days afterwards, if someone suddenly gave you a roast lunch. You probably feel great. you're feeling a bit tender, and all you want really is sort of toast and yeah. sort of sort of you know sort of dry food. And what so many of the fussy eaters do is they all they eat are sort of dry nuggets, waffles, crackers. And you're thinking that's what they're trying to do. When you do their stool tests, you find bacterial overgrowth and inflammation, and they're all very low grade. It's not like it's a big ulcerative colitis or Crohn's. Right, so a GP wouldn't pick that n- up necessarily. No, no, it's not, not, not bad enough, but no. it's just enough. To switch I, them off eating good things. Exactly, because kids do have that switch off. You know, a child will not eat if they're not up for it. Whereas yeah. as adults, we force ourselves to. Mm-hmm. But children just don't. You just know. No. You know when they're teething, they yeah. just won't eat. Yeah. Even if... You, and, and and I see so many because they'll literally have two mouthfuls and they'll, they'll stop and you can just see them almost wince as if there's something that doesn't feel quite right. And again, you know, I was saying I link with lots of doctors so often mm. I will think this is something more and will refer on to... To, to people who can do proper endoscopies and colonoscopies right. and so forth. But, I, we, you know, we find that a lot of the time, once you've sorted out what's going on in the tummy, yeah. then suddenly they eat for Britain. They're fantastic. <laughs> and I've got stories, my little hero stories throughout the book. And there's one about this little girl, Emily, who literally ate putty falou and crackers. That's all she'd eaten for... A good year. So what was that? Fromage frais? Yeah. The sort of sweet, pinky stuff. Exactly. Very sweet. And um, she had awful constipation. She wasn't speaking. She was, and she was actually diagnosed with autism. So she had a lot going on. And we just ta- we actually discovered she didn't wasn't producing the enzymes in from her pancreas to break down the food she was eating. It's a very simple intervention which both her paediatrician and GP have totally supported. Interesting. And literally within a month, she was literally went from these two foods to eating three proper meals a day. Gosh, how old was she? Two and a half at the time. Really? Yeah. That must have been so gratifying for her parents. And she's at mainstream school. She's just gone to secondary school. Her father's so sweet. He still sends me all her school reports. <laughs> I mean, it's just brilliant. <laughs> and her so progress 
is just beyond incredible. Oh. And she, you know, she's sociable and happy. She's sporty. Yes. You know, she's still, there's little things going on. You can just see, you know, she's just, she's still got a little issue with comprehension, I think it is, mm -hmm. with, with, with her English. But she's progressed in so many different mm -hmm. areas. And she's happy. That's the yeah. most important thing. She's a really happy girl. Brilliant. Because she's being nourished. Well, I think your book is fabulous and I think it's going to make for a lot more happy little ones. Thank you. So thank you very much. And as always, we will put everything up on the website so that you can get details and maybe even share a recipe. I will do that. Thank you. And now you will find details for everything that we've talked about today over on com. You can also sign up to the free newsletter there for recipes, well-being, wisdom and behind-the-scenes treats. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. That actually ensures that the next episode gets downloaded safely without you even having to remember. And if you're able to, I would love it if you're able to hop online and leave a review, as it really does help other potential listeners to find us. And a lot of what we talk about is so simple and yet so important and potentially life-changing. So until the next time we chat, go well. Bye-bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.